welcome back to the Evolution Podcast, episode 144 with my friend Avi Kelly. I'm your host, Jeff Bayless. You can follow me on Instagram at JeffBayless underscore. And if you get anything out of the show, guys, it really helped me out. If you go to iTunes, give me a five-star review and share it on your social. Maybe just text it over to somebody you think the message might resonate with. You know, I've known Avi for quite a while now in the running community, and uh, I, I mentioned it in the beginning of the show, and, and you know, as I first met the man, uh, he pretty much opened right up to me. And uh, I, part of that, I would say, is that I have that effect on people. The other part of that is just Avi is a really good soul with an open heart and um, just really wants to share his journey of... Uh, we, we kind of dive into some things around topics of not only depression and being sensitive, but also, you know, how, uh, you know, finding himself through running was really helpful. So, uh, again, if you get anything out of it, reach out to Avi. Let him know that you got something out of it. I'll post all his stuff. We mentioned it in the show. But uh, without further ado, enjoy the show and my conversation with my friend Avi. All right, cool. Welcome back to the Evolution Podcast, Avi. Uh, you know, I appreciate you coming on, man. And I'll jump in with some questioning here in a minute, but I kind of wanted to take a second uh, to maybe articulate to the guests or to you know the people uh, listening in. You know, why I asked you is I remember when we first met, probably in person, it was a run around Oak Grove uh, Lake there in the park, and you pretty much opened up to me like right away, and so I reciprocated. And uh, I thought, you know, man, you know, there's too few men out there that are willing to do that, right? Just kind of spill their guts uh, and just be open and honest. So I appreciate that, man. And you have a pretty remarkable story. So uh, I appreciate you coming in, man, and and, uh, taking the time uh, to share your story and, you know, kind of your message with uh, my audience, man. So how you been? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just, I'm recovering from a marathon that I did on Saturday. Um, so, um, that was a story of, uh, uh, that, that's a story into itself. I don't know if we have time for that, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we'll get back. We'll get back to that. So, um, yeah, I mean, you constantly stay relevant in the running community, also a family man, uh, a businessman, and just, uh, overall, like a good dude trying to help the community. So I would probably just jump in, man, with, uh, you know, like what gets you fired up? Like what motivates you today? Uh, what, what causes you to get out of bed and do the things you do? Um, helping others is the, uh, thing that I, uh, you know, that gets me out of bed. It's like, you know, it it gives me fire. It gives me energy. Um, but, um, you know, I realized that, uh, you know, if I wouldn't be here one for the grace of God, but, uh, two, you know, I would be here for my friends and my family and, I feel I feel like I have a continuous debt to repay to just my community, those who have helped me and all that. And it's not something that um, I take lightly, um, obviously with, uh, uh, and, and maybe I overextend myself maybe a little bit too much, but uh, I get a lot of energy out of it. Um, and certainly people, I've heard people say, hey, you know, he's gonna burn out, but you know what? I'm getting so much in return that I don't see myself, um, you know, wavering from what I do right now. So, um, you know, I, I was in, you know, from my young period until a few years ago, until I discovered this community that I'm in now, I, I didn't have much help. I was literally alone. You know, I felt like I was alone and, uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, just a few people helped me out and I learned 
but it's all reciprocal, right? You know, it's like you help others, they help you. It, it, it all goes in the circle. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, I certainly have uh, um, gotten a, a lot out of uh, giving back to the community here and certainly uh, sharing my story like with you uh, and others uh, in the community. Uh, people appreciate the, the transparency of my story. Um, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know what, maybe you talk too much or maybe you share too much, but you know what, it's, it's, it's nothing. I, I don't have anything to hide. So, um, I can, and if I'm helping others by telling that's that story, then, then that just gives me, um, like I said, keeps me going every day. So. <laughs> no, I, you know, as well, I mean, you definitely know that I can relate to that. Uh, <laughs> I'm exactly, Absolutely. I'm exactly the same way. I mean, I don't think the world benefits from you not sharing uh, your lessons learned through your adversity. Right. And so mm -hmm. um, I guess, uh, you know, let's, let's, I mean, so clearly, you know, you're, you're a runner, uh, huge in the running community. You're doing pacing now, which for most people that listen to this probably already know, it's like somebody who helps you get to your goal uh, race time. Right. So there right. are a handful of people out there that, you know, will run with the marathoners, half marathoners, 10 Ks, whatever it is, and just kind of keep them on, you know, keep them on track. And so I guess the, the big question or the elephant in the room is like, how did you get into running? Right. Like how did this become the, the source of, of, uh, you know, a healing modality for Avi? Well, that's a, I, I get asked that a lot. So in fact, I tell the story uh, on my, whenever I do do the pacing, but I'll get to that in a second. You know, I was, uh, no, seven, eight years ago, I was suffering through major depression, 100 pounds more than I weigh right now, going through a bad divorce. Um, and my doctor told me, hey, you know what, if you don't do something about your health, you're going to, you're going to croak <laughs> by the time you're 50. So, um, you know what, I just realized, you know, after I uh, got out of the uh, marriage situation that I was in, um, and uh, no, the fog kind of lifted and I said, hey, you know, I need to uh, uh, live for my kids. So joined a walking group. Now walking turned into let's do a 5K together. And I couldn't believe right then and there, like how did you even do a 5K? <laughs> I downloaded uh, Couch to 5K um, and uh, did that first one. And I, I learned about the running community right then before for two reasons. One, um, I had a... Um, um, I was doing the breast cancer 5k, uh, the, um, race for the cure, uh, the Susan G. Komen foundation, which is, uh, an, an awesome charity. Uh, and here I'm surrounded by a thousand women who have no, have every excuse not to be there. And I said, Hey, you know what, how motivating is this, uh, to do that? And they were just helping each other and so on. I'm like, Hey, I, I want to be part of this. And then the second reason I had a, um, a friend of mine, uh, he's uh, much like yourself, uh, you know, retired, uh, re recently re retired out of the military. He was an Air Force guy. Uh, sorry, Jeff. But <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, uh, and uh, he just said to me, he said, hey, Avi, uh, what do you want to do today? I said, hey, you know, I want to run this. I've never run a 5K before. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to do it with you. I'm just going to be with you side by side and let's do it. So uh, we, we ran every block, um, of the Virginia Beach Ocean Front, just one block to the next. We walked and ran and walked and ran. And I'm like, Hey, this guy runs 24 minute five days, yeah. but he's staying with me. 
Uh, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. And at the end, uh, my walking group came to me and said, hey, you know, what do you think? I said, well, everything hurts, but uh, I like this. So <laughs> um, I got a, I got a, pair, a pair of good running shoes and then I started, I did another couple 5Ks and then another run. And then I found all of the running groups in the area, started making friends. I'm like, hey, I've never had a social life before that. Um, and I learned, hey, it's running and socializing and then making friends. And then that's when I learned uh, opening up. And I, I just learned this community of people that, uh, you know, just, and I, you know, I, I it's hard, um, you know, sometimes just thinking back, you know, six, seven years ago when I was going through that, uh, you know, those people that I um, started with a, a long time ago, they were the running turtles. Uh, I, that was the group I was with. Yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they uh, they just put an arm around me and said, "Hey, we're in this journey together." So they challenged me to do a half marathon. I did the Shamrock in 2015. Uh, at that point, I, I started. Um, I joined Weight Watchers, started losing weight, and uh, that Shamrock half marathon turned into a few more. And then I joined um, Team RWB, which is a veterans uh, support organization. I'm not a veteran, but I uh, fully support uh, um, the people. Um, uh, who serve and if those have been in those who are and have been in uniform so um and uh, i trained to do the marine corps marathon with them um and um, i learned um you know the power of just taking things one step at a time you know they said to me hey add one mile a week between june and october you know i learned how to take running one step at a time it's you know people see these big, huge goals with, with marathons, you know, oh my God, it's 26 miles. I said, no, it's 26.2 broken down into 26 goals. So um, I, I lived a life of like, and then I learned through that. I'm like, hey, again, these people are supporting me. Um, and then with that, while I was training for Marine Corps, uh, an opportunity came up to pace my first race. So it was, that was the JNA um, crawling crab in Hampton. Uh, running, et cetera, um, you know, sponsors the pace team. And I had got an opportunity to do that. And when I did it for the first time, I said, hey, I found my life calling. You know, I can help other, I, running has given me so much. Now I can give back to the running community. Um, mm -hmm. And so that kind of became my, um, that kind of became my, uh, my, my mission, I guess, you know, my hobby, my mission, my, my life's calling, whatever you want to call it. And now, of course, through that, I found a lot of other ways of, of helping the community by, uh, you know, you know I'm um, becoming a, an ambassador for, for, for different brands out there. And of course, but in the end, it's the people, <laughs> much like yourself and, uh, and others uh, that I've been, that I've become friends with, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, it's been an amazing journey and uh, not something that uh, I take very lightly. So, so you know, I, I, I know that uh, we could definitely go through your resume and it's kind of like uh, when I interviewed Bart Yasso, uh, which if anybody, you know, listening is not familiar with uh, the running community, the guy's like pretty much the mayor of running. Right. And mm -hmm. I took a different tack with him and I, I hope you'll allow me to do that with you as well. You know, I mean, we could do race report after race report, but I would just direct someone to your Facebook profile where you do a really good job of capping up each race. Right. But I'd rather get into like the why behind that. Right. And so, you know, I, I love where you said, you know, you found your calling in helping others and through the, 
the the positive you know bipedal locomotion of, of moving your body through running right and that's 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 really profound and probably a lot of people don't understand you know quite what that's like unless they've been through it uh, or experienced something like crossing the finish line and accomplishing that goal and especially if it was for a cause like lymphoma or leukemia society or you know whatever the cause is right diabetes uh, whatever the charity is there 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 are there's no end to the, the goodness that you can do out there in, the, in your community through, through the running community. Um, but I heard you say earlier, uh, you know, you, you didn't have a social life before, right. And you, you had a, a big spout of depression and I, I don't want to, I don't want to pick too hard, you know, but what can you glean? I, I know you're pretty open. So what can, you know, can you kind of share a little bit of that? What caused that? And then maybe the, not only, you know, how you got there, but how you dug yourself out. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I guess I had, um, well, let me, let me take a moment and talk about, you know, I mentioned doing uh, the Baltimore Marathon this weekend, uh, and I spent my teenage years there. Um, and um, I had a, uh, I have a very loving parents, uh, loving family. Um, so, um, you know, they, um, they really helped me through my, my teenage years, my young adult years. But, you know, I was, uh, um, people ask, how long have you been running? I've only been running for a few years. You know, when I was growing up, I was the fat kid in school, <laughs> you know, a nerd, pimple, pimples all over my face. I was um, in our school, we had the ones and the zeros. The ones were the, were the cool kids and the zeros were, well, people. So, you know, a zero. <clears throat> Um, and you know, when you have, uh, that kind of self-worth about yourself where you feel like you're a zero, you're labeled a zero, um, that just kind of continues, you know, it's, it's, and that causes, you know, to have, you know, no self-worth about yourself. No, uh, um, no, no, no one likes me. No one cares about me. No, no, no one loves me. So, mm. um, you know, I, um, I grew up, uh, you know, in that kind of environment, unfortunately, uh, through, uh, in school and, and all that, and, you know, I, I was very much to myself when I was a teenager. I, I, I again, wasn't one of the popular kids. So I had, I was just, you know, most nights were just me sitting at home, reading a book or playing video games. So, uh, so I guess I guess kind of continued and, you know, no, and, uh, you know, I got, uh, got married when I was 25 and, uh, you know, uh, you know, my wife, you know, we, we had a, a good marriage uh, for the most part. I mean, we had, let me, let me ask you this, Avi, just not to interrupt and, you sure. know, just so to kind of bridge the gap from childhood to getting married. Right. So, I mean, obviously you're very successful, went to college, I assume, you know, mm -hmm. checked all those buckets. Right. And so right. at 25, at that point in your life, did you feel worthy of love when you got married or did you feel like this was what you were supposed to do or this was, that's a very, <laughs> that's a very profound question. And Jeff, I don't think I've had anybody actually ask me that. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like it was time. Right. You know, my, my parents got married when they were 25. Um, I had a successful job, um, graduated college, had a good job. You know, um, I was living on my own. You know, I met someone who was in that same point in their life. You know, hey, you know, I gone to college, was in a good job. So we matched on paper. Yeah, now it's time to get married and have kids, and this one's good enough, right? Like this one will yeah. do, kind of deal, right? Like, right. I don't, I don't mean to speak uh, ill of your your ex, but you know, I, I can relate to that too. I think you know, 
I did the same thing. Like I kind of rushed in because I felt like this is the next thing to do, you know, like at 25, right. it's like, okay, it's time to be an adult now. And this is what adults do. They get married and have two and a half kids in the white big offense. Right. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and certainly, uh, you know, me, you know, and my ex, we, uh, no, no, a lot of the same things we matched. We had a lot of the same, um, you know, interests, and we went to the same church and all that, and, and so on. And you know, and so yeah, we fell in love. So, but was it the love that will last a lifetime? Well, obviously not. So it was, you know, maybe love at, at, in the present. But you know, if what happened during that time was that um, being you know, being raised by my family to be a very giving person. I gave 100% to my family, to my kids, to my job, but I forgot about myself. Right. Say that again, man. That's good. <laughs> I forgot about myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, everything, be and then everything became about, you know, again, you know, making more money, but not maybe to buy things for myself or, or to do things for myself, but, you know, you know, the cars in the driveway, you know, the white picket fence, you know, the, the, the bigger house and, and, and all of that. Well, um, you know, self-care, and, and I'll say this more for the listener, because I know you already know this, but, uh, you know, self-care is about bringing your best self into the relationship, right? And, right? and every person wants the best version of you. And so if you're not able to be the best person of yourself, because you're constantly giving it away, then, right. you know, eventually something's got to give, Right. There, there, there's a Chinese proverb I like to tell. They say, you can't give tea to others if your teapot is not full itself. I like that. So, you know, my, 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 my teapot was constantly empty because I was giving it out to uh, everyone else. I, I didn't learn at the time how to, now fast forward to now, helping others helps me back. But I wasn't in it. It's hard to differentiate between the two, but Back then, I, I didn't really have the tools or the mindset to, it was almost an obligation, you know, okay, you know, I, I need to have this job, I need to do this in order to, you know, make sure my kids have clothes on their back, which is important as a father, uh, of course. Um, but when the, the basic tenets of, you know, a partnership, you know, wasn't there, you know, the respect of one to the other, um, that, uh, um, you know, that was a, a big deal. You know, I, I constantly felt like, you know what, you know, I'm not getting anything, you know, I, I'm constantly giving up, but I'm not getting anything in return. And because I didn't have a social life, I didn't have, you know, I didn't really have friends, you know, uh, my, my family was here, you know, I wasn't anywhere near my family because I, I was living in another state. And anybody, um, anybody that knows you now knows that that's very important to you to have, you know, connection with your community, right? And so, you know, it, it almost begs the question, did you notice it at the time that it was something that was lacking in your life that you really cared about? Or was it something that you just suppressed so well uh, that you didn't even know that it was that important to you at that time? I, I knew it was, well, I knew it was important, but I think I was just looking for it in probably maybe like the wrong places, maybe with, you know, you know, maybe friends of, you know, I, I knew community was important. And like, for instance, I would try to make friends with like my, my children's, you know, their parent and their friends' parents and all that, but maybe we didn't have the same interests. I did, um, there were a couple of times um, like in um, 
um, you know, when my kids, you know, were getting you know, in their tween years, uh, early tween years, uh, they, uh, um, I became um, a head of a father-daughter group with the YMCA. Um, and then it was just men and their daughters. Um, and uh, that was the first taste of like, you know what, I, this community is something that uh, I need. And, I, and, and, and through that, I started getting a lot out of it. Unfortunately, jobs change, things, you know, I wind up having to move. I, I got away from that. Um, I moved down south uh, and then lost that, had to start all over again. But then um, and then marital problems started going in, which kind of overwhelmed everything else. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, I was in a family situation where I felt where felt guilty for not having or if I wanted to be social, I couldn't because I had to I, I, I hate to say this, but you felt guilty. I was made to feel guilty for like, okay, well, you're not allowed to spend time with those people. You have to be over here the entire time. Right. So I wasn't able to have give up myself. Yeah. Right. I wasn't able to have that balance. So, so I was, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess, you know, can you kind of maybe walk us through? Cause I think that, uh, you know, it's different for everybody, right? Like, you know, I, I think everybody has a different human experience and a different way of embodying and interpreting things that are going on around them. And so when we use blanket statements like depression, I know for me, when I got uh, diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety, mixed mood and depression, right? I was like, hey, doc, I don't really think I'm depressed. You know, I think she was like, well, you know, the, the way you describe it, I'm going to tell you that that's clinical depression because you always expect the worst outcome. You expect, you know, you expect the worst case scenario. And that's what it looked like for me was this expectation of something going wrong, right? Because so much trauma has occurred in my life that it caused, uh, caused me to constantly expect the worst scenario. And that was one form of depression. That's what it looked like for me. So not to make it about me, but to kind of give you a long-winded question to kind of throw the volleyball back in your, your court here, you know, what did that depression as you describe it, what did that depression look like? Um, well, I, I, I'll tell you the high point of that was, um, you know, I remember having a discussion. Um, I was on a, I, I was on a trip. Uh, on a business trip and I traveled a lot for work um, and you know, it was it's just the nature of my job and having a discussion um, with my ex and basically long story short is um, a statement was made about well if you can't be home you know then something about you know I forget exactly how it was but the statement was but um, it was basically like not being home, I was made to feel guilty not being at home. <laughs> um, and the statement was like, well, you know, if you can't be home for your kids, then, you know, maybe you shouldn't be around your kids or something. It was something like that. And as a father, that was a devastating thing to me. I said, well, if I can't be with my kids, then what do I have to live for? Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a father, I mean, you know yourself, you know, I mean, for, you know, people who love their children and no, their children are decent. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You, you love your children unconditionally. But um, that was the point where kind of all those years of hubris just kind of piling on, you know, just trying to, you know, put that thick smile on, you know, when I'm talking to like the parents of my kids' friends or, or I'm in church and, 
you know, and, and, and everyone's like saying, well, you know, uh, how are you doing, Avi? Well, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, but inside, I just, I knew something, something was missing. Um, and uh, it, it was during that time or, or right before that time where I, you know, I remember I, I did take a year and, you know, people have asked me, have you ever been athletic before? I did have one year um, where I played volleyball for like a year and lost weight, started eating right. And I got a lot of joy out of that. See there, I didn't uh, even know. I didn't even know that I was putting the volleyball in your court, but look at that. See, I nailed it, dude. I'm, in, I'm an impact. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. But this was like 20 years ago, but, uh, sure. but, but I remember during that time, um, I felt great as a person. I started getting some energy and I didn't realize that this moving was a, such a big part of what I needed as a person, you know, but I was made to feel guilty for playing volleyball twice a week. <laughs> you know, um, you know, you're, oh, you're, you know, you're playing volleyball with all those, you know, handsome and beautiful people and all that. And, you know, you're neglecting your kids. And I'm like, oh, you know, so, you know, that was taken away from me. But then, you know, but having, you know, that statement with my kids, you know, you know, that possibility, it's like, you know what, I made this statement that life isn't worth living. And then, you know, a week later, I was, you know, in a mental, uh, I was in a, I was in a mental health facility <laughs> because, right. you know, uh, of the statements that were made. Um, you know, I was on antidepressants um, during this time, which probably magnified the mood swings I was in. Uh, and I'm not saying antidepressants don't work for some people, they do. Um, I'm not invalidating anybody who takes some, and if it works, great, but they weren't the answer for me. Um, I, think, I think for a lot of people, SSRIs are a thing for a temporary, uh, or at least that's, you know, been most of my experiences, you know, it's, it's maybe a way to get you through a season. Uh, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not a way to, I mean, there's probably something in, in your core that really needs to be resolved that cannot be medicated, right? Unless you're actually mentally ill, like, you know, have actual mental illness, right? Right. <clears throat> so, um, it was after that time, um, you know, probably a few months after I was in the hospital that I finally kicked them and I'm like, okay, you no, know, talk therapy was, was what I needed to do. Just talking it out. I mean, now I, I, I haven't seen a therapist in years because I get plenty of talk therapy through my writing groups yes, and all do. my friends and, yes, you do. and all that. And we can talk about things and so on, but, uh, finding a therapist certainly, uh, was, was a big help, but um, I, I'll tell you what was the turning point for me, but I, I kind of just was trying to treading water, just trying to keep my head above water with the therapist. When finally, um, this uh, uh, therapist, I, I think his name was Joe, I forget, but he was a character. He was this roly poly guy. He had spent like 20 years in Tibet, he was a Vietnam vet, had a beard out to here, always wore these loud Hawaiian shirts. And he had a men's group that uh, we, uh, uh, that I was part of. And he said to me, Avi, he said, you're a great father. I can tell that only just by a few times you've been here. He said, Avi, you need to stand up for yourself. He said, you know, you always allow others to dictate what you do. Stand up for yourself. And in your, in your, in your marriage, you know, stand up for yourself, you know, again, you know, not, you know, be a partner, you, you need to be a partner and one of two things will happen. Either your, your wife will like love the new you or you'll be divorced in six months. Well, I stood up for myself and I was divorced in six months, so. <laughs> but, 
But I learned in myself a, a, a lesson is that, again, if you don't, if you don't take care of yourself first, then it's, I, I can't be a better father. I can't be a better person. I, I learned it probably, it's probably took about a year. Um, but after I learned to start taking my, myself, my relationship with my kids improved 100%. Yeah, I can relate um, to that. I mean, um, and, you know, they didn't see dad as, you know, someone who was, you know, constantly beaten, beaten upon, um, constantly depressed, constantly crying, constantly just, you know, locked in, in a room by himself, you know, didn't want to face the world. You know, they, they saw someone who uh, could face the world, um, who, who stood up for himself. But, you know what, st again, standing up for yourself um, means simply just taking care of yourself. It, it doesn't, you know, necessarily mean that, you know, you're, you know, I, I can't think of the right word here, but um, it, it was through that where, you know, where finally that vestiges of the depression started lifting. Um, and then I, I think, you know, people will say, well, no, did running cause, you no, know, was that the cure for your depression? It was certainly, it certainly has helped. Uh, but, you know, seeing myself as a better person, um, not, not, not through the eyes of, you know, constantly looking myself in the mirror and saying, you know, that guy sucks. Um, but, you know, I learned that through a supporting community, you know, I started looking at myself through others and they said, hey, you know, obviously a pretty cool cat. So, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and started believing, uh, believing what, uh, uh, what people had to say. Um, it was, it, it was, a, it was a, an epiphany moment. Uh, for me for sure so made it made it a little bit easier to look in the mirror right um, absolutely absolutely you know Avi, I've, I've known you for a while and I, you know I, I get this this overwhelming sense of not only just you know do you have a warm heart but you're a sensitive man right and I think that a lot of men are afraid to say that right like they're afraid to say like I, I'm a sensitive man you know and I'm covered in tattoos retired military you know <laughs> what I mean but like I mean movies make me cry you know um you know I, I've got a big heart too man and so I think like that's a that's a pretty good uh you know for all the men that are going to listen to this you know like that's a that's a huge uh I don't know if it's like an aha moment or epiphany but maybe just like a just something I would like to express you know it, it's okay to carry a little bit of feminine energy as a as a man it doesn't make you any less of a man in fact it's it makes you a better man that you can tune into that right and it took you right. a long time. Uh, I, I don't mean that in, in any, you know, demonstrative or, you know, negative way, but it, it like you, uh, you know, it took me a long time, you know, it took me 38 years, probably I just turned 40, right. It took me 38 years to figure out that, you know, I do have a, a big heart and I am sensitive. Right. And I don't have to wear this mask and masculinity at all times. Uh, and so, you know, we all have to come to it in our own way and at our, at our own time. Uh, but, the way you figured it out was through probably kind of hitting that rock bottom and then building back up through, you know, the community that you've built, uh, you know, in, in running is, am I overstating or am I, am I, over no, I mean, here? yeah, yeah. I mean, you definitely uh, hit the nail on the head. Um, no, I, I thought I had hit rock bottom when I was, you know, in the, the, that mental health facility. Um, it was, <laughs> um, I think that, that was pretty low, but I think, um, you know, certainly maybe the years ensuing, you know, going through my divorce, I think was certainly uh, as low as somebody uh, could get. And going through that process there where, 
you know, everything you question every single part of your life, mm. every single decision you've made, you know, to get you to this place is, is questioned, especially if you've been, you know, in the marriage as long as I have. Um, but, but, but yeah, you know, um, uh, and it's, and it's harder if you are that sensitive person type, you know, I mean, and you're right, you know, I, I'll go, I would go to a, a romantic comedy with, uh, uh, with someone and you know the the weepy scenes you know you're like no I'm starting to cry and I'm like oh. I'm not crying you're <laughs> crying you got something you yeah. no yeah no <laughs> exactly so shut up but, and hand me a napkin dude <laughs> yeah. but, but 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 with that it's like you know and I guess that just comes out you know it's like you know you know I think I heard someone say everyone needs a good cry once in a while but you know everyone needs to let out those emotions um, and I think me sharing my story, um, you know, on social media as certainly it's a way for me to just let it out. Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, and, and, and people do, do appreciate that. Um, you know, I, um, certainly get, um, you know, and, and people, um, I made a post last week about, um, and I, I know you and I, we talked, you saw the one, you know, where I was talking about help. Yeah. Um, and, uh, unfortunately someone just not even, not just a Facebook, so, someone and, and made a, a rude comment about fishing for attention that I'm fishing for attention. I deleted it because I didn't want the focus to be on, uh, uh, on that comment. Um, but you know, if, if, if attention, if, if all I'm doing is putting attention on, um, you know, people's mental health um, and how that needs to be um, and, or people needing help. And that's fine. I'm all for it. Yeah. All the attention needs to be on that. These are things that people, especially men have a hard time talking about. I agree. You know, it's, you know, you know, you know, they have a hard time talking about their mental health. They have a hard time talking about, you know, what makes them tick, you know, because, you know, society or our environment today says, hey, you know what, we got to be, you know, you know, we, we have to put a mask on. Yeah. Um, and we don't have to do that. You know? Yeah, so. it's, uh, I think there were a couple of books that kind of brought that home for me, which was uh, Brene Brown's Power of Vulnerability, and then uh, Lewis House, Mask of Masculinity, like both those books kind of opened me up to like the fact that it's, it's not only cool to be vulnerable, uh, it's encouraged right? Like it's, it's, it's interesting how once you put that energy out, that that same energy is reciprocating and comes back to you. And I think anybody that would hate on that, the naysayers and whatnot, that, that, you know, whoever that person was that made that comment probably had their own insecurities and hang up. Right. And I see that a lot where most people that are trying to inflict pain on other people is because they have some form of insecurity in their own life. Right. right. And it almost just makes me sad. Cause I'm like, man, you know, I wish I could help you with whatever caused you to make that statement. Right. Because <laughs> clearly that's coming from a place of insecurity and there's something, there's an itch that needs to be scratched there. Uh, right. So I'm, I want to shift gears just a little real quick. And then I've got a few uh, questions that I ask everybody that I didn't give you a heads up. So you're going to get shotgun with that, but you're, you're an, elo you're an eloquent speaker and, and a smart man. So I'm sure you'll do well. Um, one thing I would want to ask, which is, I had written it down earlier as we were talking. It's not one of my regular questions, but I wrote it down because, you know, I think we all find inspiration in those around us and those, you know, definitely, you know, there's uh, 
public figures that are inspirational, but I'd, I'd be curious, like, was there someone or something that was um, overly inspirational to you to get you on this trajectory to, you know, to get your, uh, it's a clunky way to say, get your life together, right? But to get you on the path, the trajectory of uh, mental health, physical health, and overall wellness that you're at now, was there, what was, if, if you could, I don't know, it's kind of a hard question, but if you could think of just one thing that was the inspiration, what would you say that was? That's no, it's, it's, it's my, my daughters have been, um, they're my, they're my reason for being, they're my inspiration. Um, I, I show a before picture, uh, which in fact, I don't know if you'll be able to see this or not. I got it as a favorite. (laughs) Um, but, um, second here, hopefully this can come up here. Hopefully you can see this, but you know, this is me in uh, July 2014. Oh yeah! Uh, Look at the and, belly on Navi there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So, so that 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 was that was me probably about 90 pounds ago. Um, and my daughters, you no, know, they're having a great time on the beach and all that. But um, you know, I um, uh, they were my inspiration um, to to get to get healthier. Um, so, you know, and, and I did mention the, uh, that first 5k that I did, uh, whereas, you know, I was surrounded by a thousand women who, you know, most of them were, are going through chemotherapy and all that. I think that first 5k really put me on tri- trajectory of, Hey, you know, they have every excuse, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just fat, I'm self-appreciating here, uh, but, sure. uh, but yeah, but, but you know what, I, I can't point out to just one person. Um, I, I, as I started going through that journey um, of running, you know, and, and, and all that, there were a lot of people that were going through the same exact thing that I was going through. It's not one person. Right. It was a, a whole group of people, you know, that were like, you know, they, you know, they were overweight or they were going through their own uh, uh, depression uh, and so on. You know, I, I wish I could say that there was one um, celebrity or one uh, figure that I could point to to no, say, oh, no. yeah, you know, he, no, that, he's the was, reason. Or, or she, she's no, that the was a perfect why, answer, but, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mean it needed to be a celebrity. That was a great, that was a great answer. Yeah. And as you, as you were talking about, you know, your community and how everybody's going through it, you know, I say, uh, or, you know, something that comes to mind, I guess, is, you know, we're, we're all in this shit together. Nobody gets out of life alive, you know, so it's about right. having the best experience you can while you're here. Um, you know, absolutely. All right, man, I want to just kind of take a minute to acknowledge you. Um, I appreciate uh, your openness. I appreciate everything you do for the community, uh, the running community, for your family. Uh, you are truly an inspiration to probably more people than you know. Uh, and I know this because I, I can relate, man. Uh, you, you you might get like one text that says, thank you uh, for what you shared or, you know, thank you for what you did. Uh, but there was probably 10x people that, you know, just didn't take the time to let you know. So I'm letting you know now uh, you're an inspiration to me. And, uh, you know, you're, you're a good human being, man. We need more guys like you uh, doing what you do, uh, sharing well, your you. journey and uh, keeping the positive energy out there. Um, so I would say uh, the last question that I ask everybody and take your time with it. And I should have given you a heads up, but uh, 
you know, it, I, I came across this philosophy of my own that, you know, for me, I think you mentioned hubris earlier, and I definitely had an ego that was highly inflated at a certain point in my life. And so because of that, I focused so hard on my reputation and my legacy, you know, like, what does everybody think about Jeff? At that time, it was Lieutenant Bayless, right? Like, what does everybody think about me? What's my legacy going to be? What's the tombstone going to say? You know, Captain USN retired. You know, this guy was a bad MFer, right? You know, uh, that was my goal. And so what what I lost sight of was my character and my value system, which is forged by your, you know, your virtues, right? And so the more, you know, I guess where I got was if I just focused on my character, my reputation and legacy would take care of itself. You don't have to try if you're just focusing on your character, right? And so right. with that, uh, I would just ask you, you know, how would you define your character? How would you hope others see you uh, as as your character? Like, what would you hope, you know, somebody, not to be morbid, but if somebody is, you know, reading your eulogy and they said, you know, this is Avi's character, right? Like, what would you hope that that character is? Uh, and, and what do you do to ensure that that shines through in, in your daily activities? Yeah. It's a great question, and uh, I'm going to preface the question that seven years ago, um, I had, I thought to myself, who would attend my funeral? My kids, my parents, I couldn't think of anybody else who would, because I had maybe one or two friends that I've had for, you know, for a long time. That's about it. And that was a very, very depressing. Um... So, you know, what I've, you know, and of course, you know, I, I think if I was to be hit by a bus tomorrow, I, I, I'm pretty sure the uh, funeral home would have more than just two people. So <laughs> I'd be but, there. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Heidi um, and I would be there. So there's two right there. So there you go. Uh, no, uh, my character, um, I, I just live um, by the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Simple as that, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, no, when I, uh, you know, when I pace a race, you know, I, uh, um, you know, I, I was telling you about, and so I, I was pacing uh, the Baltimore Marathon on Saturday. By 19, I cramped up. I had to drop out. Um, it was a very humbling experience, very disappointing. I was disgusted with myself, you know, name every single negative adjective I was going through it. Um, and, um, you know, I was even questioned, uh, should I finish, you know, um, and, um, but you know what, that energy I had given in the first 19 miles, I had people come up to me and said, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Someone gave me a salt tab, you know, someone said, hey, patted me on the back and whatever. And it was because of that, that got me through to the finish line. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's how I live my life now. You know, if, if I can help uh, a runner or someone, you know, get through to make their goal, well, maybe, you know, I guess it's about karma, you know, Hey, you know, that's a, you know, that's a way to say, you know, if I'm, I guess if I'm building up enough good karma mirror, maybe I get a little bit of it back. So, but no, I don't expect it at all because if you live your life expecting good to come back um, because you're putting that out, that's not the way you should live your life <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't expect something uh, or you can't, you can't give something and expect something back. I say, um, uh, I say expectations are set up for a letdown, you know, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I, have, I mean, I have standards and it, some people say it's semantics, but I have standards, uh, but I, but I have very few expectations. Yeah. Right. So I like that. Yeah. 
Well, cool, man. Did, did I interrupt you or was, was that it? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That was, that, that, was, that was it. That's a good way to so <laughs> all right man well you were on a flow i didn't want to i didn't want to interrupt it but uh if you had to point somebody to anything uh you know where they can find you or maybe if they wanted to connect for would you say just your facebook or you know if they wanted to connect or maybe pick your brain about some stuff do you have any oh oh yeah absolutely uh my uh my on instagram um uh, i'm a kelly uh 728 that's two e's so don't forget the second e there um that's you know i uh facebook i'm uh, avi kelly as well but you know facebook gets a lot of you know other people tagging me and stuff like that whereas on instagram i seem to it can i can focus on my life story there so but yeah if someone um if anybody just wants to reach out uh I certainly uh, do that then you know if anybody uh the other thing is that if um you know again i talk about the running community a lot you know i uh I have a uh, Instagram and Facebook called Run Seven Five Seven, which literally brings in the entire running community, um, and uh, under one roof. Um, and that's something that, again, that's become my second life's passion now uh, to make sure people are connected. So uh, it's funny. The at work, um, and I'll conclude with this: is that they did a, a personality. Every person at my job is assigned two personality traits, and you, know, you can be a teacher or um, a pioneer or an artist. Um, I am a connector and an advisor. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny is that I said, I said, I, when I saw the test results, I'm like, hey, yeah, that's me. You know, I help connect people. And then I guess with the pacing and my job as a project manager, um, advising is there too. So I, I can't tell you, I'm going to have all the answers, but, uh, I know where to go to, or I know because you know, of the connections, I knew who to go to, to possibly get those answers. So good stuff, man. Um, yeah. But certainly I know Jeff, uh, and I just wanted to conclude to say, you know, Jeff, I really treasure our friendship. Um, and, uh, you know, I know we've had some, uh, good runs together where we've opened up to one another. Um, I really cherish you and Heidi, uh, as friends. Um, and, um, you know, um, and I do want to uh, congratulate you in public on your retirement, uh, you know, oh, cool, uh, yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and all that. So it's, uh, um, you know, in that circle of friends I have, you know, there's people have are like this, you know, like this, like this, I mean, you're, you and Heidi are certainly, uh, uh, in that uh, bullseye area there. So we're proud to be in the nucleus, bro. Yeah. So, um, we're doing, uh, we'll be doing wicked. We'll be doing, um, Norfolk Harbor, and then I'm yep. doing Shamrock. So I'm sure I'll see you at one of those start lines. You absolutely will. So you'll see them on all three. So, <laughs> or, or if I miss you at the start line, I'll definitely see you at the after party, man. Sounds good. All right, brother. <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for, uh, you know, opening up. It's, uh, it's definitely important and needed. So I, I thank you, man. All right. All right. Chat thanks, later, Jeff. man. folks there it is there you have it that is a wrap on this episode uh really enjoy talking to him such a good dude does so much good things for the community you know and i think that uh, a lot of times we talk about service and we we think about how selfless someone is and then you know being a man of service i can tell you that a lot of times it fills our cup up well uh as well excuse me to uh, be able to help so many people right you know obviously a pacer uh, he motivates a lot of people. I've seen him really inspire a lot of people in the running community and also just, you know, what he does in his family throughout all the um, 
trauma, all the, you know, stress, heartache, you know, depression, all that stuff, you know, he still gets after it and uh, does his very best to be a huge part, a positive part of his community. I think there's a major lesson there. And for the men out there, you know, I think there's a lesson there too, you know, as far as, and, and Avi said he didn't really think it was going to go in that direction towards sensitivity and you know, you never really know where a conversation is going to go, especially if you're talking to me, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I appreciate it. You know, Ivy, when you listen to this, I appreciate you opening up, man. Uh, and for the listener, I appreciate you guys tuning in again. If you get anything out of the show, do me a favor, share it out on the socials. Uh, give me some feedback. Give me a five star review. All that stuff really helps. Uh, you know, it doesn't monetize anything at all for me. It just really just helps get the message out uh, to help more people. And that's really what this project is all about. All right, guys, uh, I actually have a handful of shows in the hopper that are just going to keep pumping out. So I'm in a good spot as far as uh, uh, continuity, just keeping things going. So uh, uh, stay tuned. Uh, There will not be a gap on my end. Uh, So more to follow next week and the weeks beyond on the Evolution Podcast.